Welcome to Never Too Serious with Scott and Dave. I'm Scott. And I'm Dave. I'm excited about this topic, Dave. Yep, me too. Uh, my, my kids actually brought it to me originally. Yeah. Uh, well, and producer E was, was, he was pretty adamant we should talk about it. And I'm fascinated by all this stuff. So yeah. um, we are talking about de-extinction. Yeah. I, I saw an article way back. In fact, it was recently, but this article that I brought up is actually from only a couple of days ago, where they talk about bringing back the woolly mammoth. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a very fascinating thought that we could potentially bring back animals that are f- like fully extinct. Uh, you know, we've got some relatives, we've, right? The woolly mammoth is kind of related to other elephant species, but to be able to bring back the hairy, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. What, what's the, what's the Sesame Street Snuffleupagus? Snuffleupagus. <laughs> we can bring him back. You know, I think that's a pretty cool idea. What do you, what are your thoughts on uh, it? I think it's a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, see, <there. laughs> you know, uh, why, why do you think it's a terrible idea? Well, well, I could probably add a lot more reasons why. Mm-hmm. If I had the understanding of why they think it's a good idea to bring it back. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, I will just a few things, just a couple things right off the bat is, mm-hmm. is I have issue with bringing things back. And, and, you know, I'm not even going to go with the way of, you know, Bible or, or God or anything like that. But I, I feel that, you know... We are part of nature, you know. I know that we might be a reason for some things to have gone extinct, you know. Um, Maybe single-handedly, in fact, you know. Mm -hmm. Maybe the rhino might be one of them, or I don't know if... There are a lot of them. You know, so, Mm -hmm. but... But... It's still, in a sense, naturally, because we are natural. I mean, we're, we're, you know what I mean? We're man. We live in nature. But we are, as of this planet another living thing living with all these other creatures. Mm -hmm. Okay. So unfortunately when we decide to go eat and we kill a bunch of Buffalo (laughs) and almost kill them all, (laughs) we are still a sense, another animal on this planet doing these things Mm -hmm. as a whole. That's right. And so I feel as, uh, what is the word? Uh, Natural. We are kind of part of that natural selection. Right. It's a natural, maybe the natural, maybe mm-hmm. that's the word I'm looking for, maybe not. But mm-hmm. I just feel if nature found that they were found, I don't know how to say it because nature may not be, you know, a being. I'm not conscious. But there mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. But I will say that, that if they got done, if they got taken away naturally, we are part of it, believe it or not, naturally on this planet. <laughs> that maybe they should be that way for a reason. And and the woolly mammoth mm -hmm. presents other issues too. Well, let me talk about that that very point because I'm not surprised that you'd be a little like not... Jumping on board. Yeah, you wouldn't jump on on board here. But you make an argument that we are part of nature. And that's kind of my argument that I think some people miss out, which is... There are tons of other species that come in and they extinct other species. Right. They come in, they take over their their environment. That's why we get cautious and, about what kind of 
animals cross that's why, oceans. That's why we have to pay a, a dang boat fee for an invasive species permit from the government. Yeah, that's why. So that I know, I know, another topic. <laughs> another topic. <laughs> but you know, their argument is, well, we don't want to introduce uh, some invasive species into the the stream, and then that's going to kill off all the natural, you know, native right. species. Well. But that's what, what's been going on for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. We've had mass extinctions because things change. And we just happen to be part of a species that is causing some extinction. You were talking about, you know, we've caused some things, even the white rhino you had mentioned. Absolutely. We have got to the point where even some hunting has gone to the point where we've killed off an entire species there's one ethan maybe you can maybe you can look it up there's a, a species in south africa it's like a quagga yeah the quagga there you go and it was hunted to to extinction within i think it was like 1800s or something wow. that's exactly what you're talking about we as humans in whatever method we contribute to an extinction and it's not just hunting Right when we have civilizations that grow up, where do a lot of those animals go? Yeah, they sometimes go. they can't go anywhere. Right. Yeah. Well, and 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 it's not even you know. I wish it was just hunting, but you know when it there's value on some of these animals, mm-hmm. which the rhino was. That's not for food. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they all died because of their horns. Their horn. And even worse, even worse. Most of, the, if I'm correct, the horns. I think most of it went to some kind of Asian culture remedy that does nothing. All these animals died for nothing. Mm-hmm. But doesn't mean that we should like bring it back because it died under the hands of us. Mm-hmm. Well, you, don't Why? You think so we some, could do it again. Don't you think there's some guilt associated with that? Oh, I wouldn't doubt that a bit. And I think that's where some of the stuff comes in. They where come some in. of the arguments is that. Oh, we're doing such damage to the environment that it's it's our responsibility to bring them back because we're the ones that killed them off. And then put them back (laughs) in a place that's now thrived without it Mm -hmm. to mess up what it is now. I I agree with your point. So it's it's plain. How about this? We have yet to successfully make stuff work for us as it sits. Stop messing with stuff, man. I wish people would put their, their hearts and minds into real issues that we have today. Because to me, that isn't an issue. I think the issue at hand should be is how we could keep things, animals from going extinct. Mm-hmm. But I don't think uh, bringing things back to life that once was should be a hot topic of concern and lots of money poured into it. You know, to each their own. But I'd be pissed if my... Tax dollars are going to fund this science to look this up when, to me, more importantly, would even have our, our bridges redone. Well, <laughs> you know? I, I, think, I think that there is a consequence for anything that we do. And in some cases, it's an unintended con- consequence. In other cases, we know what the consequence is going to be, yet we still do it. You know, can, think, can, I, can, yeah, I, go ahead. can I shoot off of that? Mm-hmm. Right. And just like, and naturally speaking, we try to help it out, but wolves, yeah, they can um, shoot themselves in the foot, if you will, by they breed a lot, 
and they overhunt their areas and then they overrun the area. Now they don't have the food. Mm-hmm. They have to travel, have issues. So guess what? They hire hunters to come thin out their herds, but but they can be a product of their own failures too, just like we. You know. Yeah, just like we were talking about earlier, where other species knock out other species. Yeah. Uh, when you get these apex predators, it gets rid of a the, lot of these other populations. The rat try no. to exterminate us with the black plague yeah. or the flea, my bad. <laughs> uh-huh. The rat got a bad rap on that one. It was the flea. <laughs> but you think about the, you know, we try and save some of these species because we want to keep them around for whatever reason. I don't know. Some In some cases, you know, some species... They they tend to uh, maintain a healthy population. Every population has ebbs and flows. It you know I, I it, who are we to to maintain all of those ebbs and flows? Because for hundreds of thousands of years of the past, these different species they move into an area, they migrate. Um, you know the climate does change. It cools. It sure. gets warmer. So and and the environment changes. And these. These things move to different places, and there's always an impact. For us, I think it's cool technology, but do we need to bring back every species that's ever existed? I just feel that we shouldn't even bring back any and work more on on preventing it, preventing it mm-hmm. from happening. But even preventing it from happening, it could interfere with a natural, maybe thing well, but, th- but who's is, to say it is i mean but because we I, are the natural thing well i, I mean know. yeah i mean we live in part of a natural world uh we have been domesticating animals for a long time think about the number of different uh types of dogs you have a bulldog if you look at a bulldog does it look anything like a wolf nope <laughs> Sure doesn't. It sure doesn't. Looks like a ham with <laughs> with, with, with four legs. Yep. <laughs> but think about that. Just in the 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 way that we've bred dogs through the years to to make sure that they have certain characteristics. It's been going on for a long time. Right. And I'm appreciating them, but as I get older, it it dawns on me I'm like, man, we're really messing around with stuff. Well, <laughs> so my point is, if you imagine your dog uh, being set free out in the woods someplace. How long do you think that, that dog would survive? And let's My just say, dog? <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> no, oh, poor thing. I'm gonna cry because he wouldn't make it a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I know what you're saying is is they adapt and and and. But how about this? Mm-hmm. There's a thing that I could understand with. I mean, I don't know how it worked out because if everything stemmed from a wolf, then would not everything did. But you're not anything, but I'm talking mm-hmm. about dogs, yeah. you know, but, um, you know, but anyways, you eventually had some to mix, but I mean, I am understanding with going, you know, your last dog, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they didn't like genetically break it down and they bred it that yeah, way. Yeah. He was a golden doodle. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so they literally naturally did it that way. They didn't have to. Well, clone, clone one genetically from a you know a lab to do it. You know what well, I mean? Well, I think in some cases though, uh, some dogs because you can't get them to breed with each other, then they have to do some artificial insemination. But that's still them giving birth. But I'm not. I'm, oh, I'm talking yeah, about gotcha. not like a cloning thing. You well, know what I mean? They still give birth to that. But what do you mean? Uh, when when they do cloning? Okay, but that's well, not. But, do- that's, not, the but that's not what. Right, but that's not what I'm. 
I'm, not, I'm talking about they're like not lab created. Okay, they're they're. Well, example, that'd be hard to define, though, right? No. Example is if I had a um, a golden retriever and you had a poodle, mm-hmm. and I said, "Hey, let's meet down here and let them have at it." <laughs> not in a lab, okay? Uh-huh. That's more natural, you know. I'm not trying to be like <laughs> I, too specific. Well, I see your but, point, but my but point is, is nobody's sitting there with a beaker mm-hmm. and just taking their DNA and breaking down DNA and rebuilding DNA mm-hmm. and putting it back together in a petri dish to make a clone <laughs> of something yeah. else. You're and talking then about to, knocking boots because what you're also because I also say. <laughs> Somewhat natural mm-hmm. is to take their sperm and their egg and put it together. Mm-hmm. That's that's not the same. That's not like it's screwing not, with the genetics. It's not. Yeah, that's it's not just totally that's artificial un- insemination. That's not messing genetics. Yeah, it's a, it's like a stage going towards something that's really not very natural. Because you could still, you know, you know, you could take the sperm of a bull and put it in a turkey baster and give it to the, you know, the sow, right? Right, but, but <laughs> and that's sort of—I mean—that's artificial insemination, but it's not completely unnatural because there's still some natural things. Right, happening. but that's still not what I'm talking about. You know, oh. the, there, there's—I don't know if you know this, but there's other levels that they. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Is, is at what level becomes well, like super right. unnatural? <clears throat> well, when you're literally talking their genetics mm-hmm. and splicing genes, mm-hmm. if you are letting them mount or literally. A lot of horses, you have to like whack them off. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're asking, you're not, you're not picking up what I'm putting down, so I have to be blunt, pop up book style. But That's you so have funny. to collect <laughs> the semen, and you have to, you know, either, um, you know, you you have to uh, introduce it to the eggs, deliver the goods. Okay, so all that is doing is that you're you're physically. Um, Putting the two things together, yeah. you're not you're not splicing genes, you're not rebuilding, you're not yeah. creating something from nothing, if yeah. you will. Yeah, I got your, so, I got your point. There's but 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 in order to <laughs> re- in, but my point is this is in order to bring back anything, you mm-hmm. can't do that. Well, there's three different methods that I found about this this uh, de extinction. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about them. There's three of them. One is called uh, backbreeding which is kind of like what we're talking about right now, which is what we've done with domesticated dogs. Yeah. And, and we've done this with certain zoo animals that don't obviously get along in the same environment, but it's a boy and a girl and we want to create new ones. I've seen ligers. And there you go. You've seen ligers. So backbreeding is one of the methods that they, that they talk about bringing to, to, it doesn't really fully bring back the genetic identical of what is extinct but they're breeding in a way to get closer to what that animal either like appeared as or functioned as and that's like this thing ethan you were talking about what's that the quagga yeah the quagga yeah Yeah. that's kind of what they're trying to do with the quagga where they're taking the uh, zebra and looking at very specific things that the genes have expressed like uh like we're talking about the rear end of a quagga is kind of like a donkey or something it it almost kind of looks like a donkey where the the back end it doesn't have as many stripes and and the fur is maybe a a brown color tan color and of course most zebras are not those colors but they're trying to find those animals that have these specific types of expressions 
and mating those together and then creating a next generation, looking for those. And just like the dogs, we're looking for a very specific and they're just, result. They're just like, just like if you're making a plant and you're splicing oh, this, very and good, that yeah. and this and that. Exactly. So, but they're, they're trying to naturally, like, like if you put them all these in a mm-hmm. room and just well, turned your back, turn the lights down. <laughs> put a little music. Let, this could possibly naturally happen in a sense. They haven't <laughs> yeah. made it to the lab yet. Yeah. Yeah. So that they call that backbreeding. Okay. It's basically controlled breeding. The next one that they were talking about was cloning, which Dolly the sheep was a result of cloning. Maybe you can look for that picture, Ethan. Dolly? Yeah, because yeah. it, it looks so different than all the other ones. Dolly. You could probably just pull up any sheep and that would be fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, but uh, cloning... In, in, in this sort of way, is more like artificial insemination, and you're taking cells from basically, you know, one animal and artificially inseminating into another animal. But there's some work that has to be done in the laboratory before you can artificially inseminate. And this is kind of that, that, that level that you were talking about earlier, which is that at what point does it become kind of unnatural? Where it really couldn't happen in, you know, so, in, in the natural world. And what you get is a genetic I- identical, and they compared it to uh, twins. Because uh, there are identical qu- uh, twins that have the same genes, and that's kind of what they're doing with cloning. And, and Dolly was one of the first successful clones that was able to survive for a long period of time. So since since you brought up sheep, um, I happened to run across a couple of weeks back. It was I don't know. It was people that that own sheep, and they were talking about sheep, mm-hmm. and and they were talking about <laughs> how do you come across that, David? I, I go I go past the dark web to where it becomes light again. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I hit plaid. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, so they were talking about, you know, like um, they have to shear their sheep a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. and or once a season or something like that. And then, like some people will found this one sheep that was wandering off in the wilderness, and you couldn't even see the sheep. It was, I mean, it was, it was hidden underneath it. I mean, covered its face. It was so heavy. Oh, gotcha. Because it wandered off and it kept growing and kept growing. Yeah. And they said it was, they were, um, I don't remember the words, but I want to bring this up because I'm curious of how, but they were made to, you know, um, produce it that way. So, but you have to shave it off. They're not natural. Uh They don't just lose it naturally. (laughs) So... How was that done? Did they breed? How did they mm-hmm. breed it in that way? And with what? Yeah. Or is this something genetic that they took from another animal ow, and mm-hmm. spliced it and and shot them in there with it to change them? Mm-mm. Because I don't like that. If they bred it into it, it's a little it's kind bit of more natural. natural. <laughs> it's kind of natural. It's I, weird. I, I have I, a line. I see. But I see. There's like, this unnatural and natural. Yeah. What? Well, I was just saying. Like I've seen that. Uh, video and like little documentary on that thing and they say it's from like selective breeding mm-hmm. and they keep the ones that yeah tend but, to have that so, certain trait until that becomes the only trait that they have they just keep breeding yeah but they that's just kind of exactly, see the see the 
I get traits. The tra- ooh, that one there is holding it, and this one here is. Let's breed those and separate. Yeah, that's. I mean, really, that's how we look at all these different dog breeds. R- right, the, and and, the genes... and I could be on board to that. I mean, I really can. Mm-hmm. I just feel. But even at that, I mean, we've been doing that for a long time. Right. But even at that, it's forced into uh, this. It's not natural. It's yeah, because someone's still influenced. It's still forced. Yeah. It's but... natural. Get on it. <laughs> yeah. But what you're talking about is, is, yes, they have bred these sheep to grow wool because that's what they're supposed to be right. using them for. But... But and, we are and, trying to utilize it to the best that we can in our industries. But how they got to that point is they found sheep. It's just like, think about the racehorses. They have horses that they've identified as certain characteristics that they like. And so what do they do? They find others that have that same characteristic. They breed them. And now you've got a potential, not always, but right. the potential for that characteristic like, to be more dominant. It's, um, if you think about, you know, you look at some of the families where it seems like every generation are really tall, mm-hmm. it's because the parents and the next generation always found someone else to procreate that was also tall. Well, and, and, and also, you know, when it comes down to from every, I want to say almost probably any, every animal from dogs to horses to humans, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it. They have the uh, you go down your the line of your family line, mm-hmm. and you know those are what you know. That's the majority of what's going to be going on with you, you know. So I mean, the yeah. same thing with all the. But don't you think it's horses and oh yeah, it and, is. And th- these folks, if you let them go into nature, you wouldn't find. In some cases, like the poor bulldog, probably wouldn't survive. That would be an extinct animal yep. because how i mean who knows they could surprise me but how would they survive without human controls and uh, no idea yeah no idea um, I, I i i find it hard to believe that they're going to have a mammoth to mount another mammoth or another animal to mount its way to a mammoth <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. i do know what you're trying to say you, but, some things you can't you know i've seen some amazing after th- way out of everything <laughs> I've seen some amazing things at the zoo, Dave. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the third method that they have for de-extinction. Does it have to do with a real long plastic glove? (laughs) I hope not. No, it doesn't. Okay. Dave and I appreciate you listening to the show. Please take a moment and write a review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser.com. And since Spotify doesn't currently have reviews, simply telling your friends about the show would be great too. Also, you can always reach out to us at our website, nevertoserious.com, or via our socials at the NTS Podcast. And seriously, from the bottom of our hearts, thanks again for listening to the show. All right, we are back. CRISPR, you ever heard of that? Nope. CRISPR is very interesting to me. There's a special, I think it's on Netflix, that talks about, I think it's called like designer DNA. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe Ethan can look that up. Um, But CRISPR is this new technology that allows you, well, allows the scientists to grab some DNA, like open it up, and replace very specific genes. Yeah, I've seen Jurassic Park. 
yeah, maybe this would be kind of like that. I mean, but it's I mean, visually to simplify, it's but, similar to but what it's you're different. Saying. Well, like Jurassic Park, I think they were more like the the idea of cloning. Right, because weren't they taking it in, like in frog eggs or something? They, I can't remember they, the entire movie. They found what what it was for them was is they used example was a mosquito had some blood in it, and mm-hmm. they took the blood, and and they pulled a DNA, and and they had missing links to the DNA, and they fused frog DNA with it mm-hmm. to fill in the gaps mm-hmm. because it's not a hundred percent. Yeah, that's yeah. I think very similar to this CRISPR business, right? So. Yeah, it's very fascinating because they have this ability, and I believe it's by using a virus, to splice open uh-huh, to splice open DNA, and you can identify certain parts of the DNA and replace that. So, for instance, we were talking about dogs and horses and others that where you're breeding them when they express a certain gene, a certain, like, you know, the, the sheep with long wool right. or the, the racing horse that's really fast or strong or maybe it's, who knows what it might be, uh, um, the, the hair or whatever on a dog. They can identify that. They have to sequence the genome of that particular animal so that they can identify all the different genes and what those genes would normally express. Right. So if it's a certain length of like their legs or maybe a certain size of their tail or whatever. The hair that, yeah. that, that uh, it, you know. That, yeah, or even their eyesight, their right. eye color. I mean, there's so many different things that the genes determine. But by sequencing the genome, they can identify each of those genes and determine what those things would normally express in, in the animal. And so with CRISPR, they're actually able to identify the gene and replace that gene with some other gene and insert it into the DNA. And by doing some fancy stuff, they can take that DNA and give it, I think, some chemicals and some electricity or something, and it will then start replicating itself, just like every other cell does. It splits, it uh, turns into another set, splits again, splits again, and eventually you get these these cells and what you're talking about with Jurassic Park is then they take that and they put it into an embryo and actually I think they replace the nuclei in a cell and then they replace that with this new DNA and then that cell starts to reproduce using that new DNA those new instructions and then you can put that as like you know in an animal in fertilize an egg and you start getting this well, we'll find out. thing. <laughs> and the, the, the special on Netflix is interesting because these are, and it's very like experimental type stuff. And they're trying to find ways of curing diseases and other things that humans have by using this CRISPR technology, by inserting this DNA and hoping that the body will respond and get rid of whatever issue that they might have, a cancer or whatever. The technology is fascinating, but it's scary. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. You really agree? <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. It's because, really scary. Because these things are, and I know everything I'm talking about is very, very, very small, but I mean it literally that, um, that 
you know, you might want to create or bring back something and you have to add a couple of things here and there, but the smallest change could be a huge mm-hmm. difference. And, and they can't even guarantee that, you know, and, and I think it's could be messing around with stuff. Well, it is messing around with stuff. And sometimes you get results that you didn't intend. Right. And that's the that's scary the part. that's the unnatural part about it, that you're forcing things now that not only, even if you forced it to get close to, I mean, this is like, I feel like beyond, you know, like just, uh, uh, you know, just putting for, you know, the egg and fertilizer, you know, mm-hmm. together, you know, I just feel like. Oh, it's way more complicated. You know, that it's just messing around with too much. Like, I, like, 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 at least the other way, you could kind of have an idea of a result. Mm-hmm. This here, I feel you when you change such small things. But then again, they've done it a lot already, though. Mm-hmm. And they know they could see some of the changes or might be minuscule. But to me, I just feel like even if, if the change in the animal isn't, the change in the atmosphere or, 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 or you know, change in the area that they're going to be in could be huge. Think about... Because they've got to exist somewhere. Yeah, so there's always this unknown, right? The consequences. Sometimes we just don't know what the consequences are, and sometimes those consequences are disastrous. Uh, right, that's and, why I worry about focusing on problems that we have and yeah, not but, create something that could be another problem. Well, sure, but in the process of trying to find solutions for other problems, because CRISPR is is supposed to be... It, it, it's supposed to be a, a technology that could potentially end a lot of diseases. It it potentially uh, would allow body parts to be uh, healed in a way that we've never been able to heal before. Uh, spinal injuries. Okay. Um, there's a, there's a whole bunch of things that this technology could potentially help, but in order for them to know how to control it and utilize it they need to make a mammoth then there's gonna be (laughs) there's there's gonna be some consequences to these things and that's always my fear but i then struggle with okay it if it's done responsibly and not just willy-nilly you know throwing stuff together then maybe there is a responsible way to get through all of the learning and experimentation to get to the point where it is something that's very valuable to humanity in order to, I don't know, do whatever. You know, we're talking about bringing extinct animals back to life. And so this might be one of those areas. But they're also using CRISPR technology to help humans who have immune diseases, um, kids with cancer. Well, that's something Um, to talk about. But, you know, again, like you said, we're talking about bringing animals back to life. Mm -hmm. And my point is, is, they're taking that technology and they're putting people on bringing back animals mm-hmm. that aren't here at all. And my point is, is all right. Sound, uh, there sounds like there's some good stuff. Let's just focus on that. <laughs> yeah. I that's gotcha. my point is, is, yeah. you know, if they could do good stuff on it, that's great. But we're talking about bringing back animals and, and why, what is a benefit of a, of a mammoth that's going to, I mean, trust me, th- don't, mm-hmm. as a, I don't know. I want to say a young boy, but you know, I, that's kind of who I am still. But, but as a, as me, dude, that would be sweet to see. Are you kidding me? That would be the, I happen to love elephants mm-hmm. and that would be like the ultimate. Right. Mm-hmm. But 
but what are the consequences? Right. And I just feel like that's not, that's just not worth it. And, and even if it isn't anything, because mm-hmm. here's this with the, with the old wooly pachyderm is <laughs> the snuffleupagus. Yeah. With, with old snuffs <laughs> is that we already have, and I'm going to use other people's issues. You know, we have global warming out there that everybody's concerned about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people say that we have too much livestock as it is. Bringing back more animals on this planet sounds like, according to, quote, their science, you would think it would bring a huge negative effect. Bringing something back with a, oh, that's so bad. <laughs> hmm, how to clean that up. With a, something so huge that would probably uh, release a lot of gases. Um, <laughs> You would think that would be a horrible idea. And where would such a wooly thing live? It would be in the Antarctic, right? Mm-hmm. Terrible place to warm that up and, <laughs> and bring in huge animals that crush ice. And, and then it's going to have to eat stuff out there. Now, what is it going to do to the, the animals that live in without it? Mm-hmm. And is it going to even be able to survive? Because there isn't anything out there for it to eat that it's used to. And it's just like, again... Going on with all the stuff, especially the woolly mammoth, I think is the most ridiculous idea. <laughs> now, if it had something to do, which I probably wouldn't even need it, because God knows they already mess with a lot of our food or, you know, with hormones being pumped in our meats and stuff. True, you know, mm-hmm. or pesticides, you know, enough Antibiotics. Crap. Yeah. But, you know, but, you know, they're not even trying to make it... They're not saying like, I mean, if they really want to get me, they go, Dave, this sucker could have like a 360 pound brisket, man. I'd be like, okay, okay, well, now there's a plus that we can do this. But you know, it's not like they're going to be bringing it back because it could be a food source or that we even need a food source because America wastes, what, 40 or 60% of its food. Uh, they did it with the buffalo. So, you know, it's, it's, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, what, what would be the positive, point of it? I mean, yeah. are you going to get one and then throw it? In a zoo. That's the only thing yeah. I could think of well, to bring these back to, the article, to be able to see them. The article that I saw, there's a, a team from Japan that successfully, well, they found this uh, uh, this mammoth. It's a baby mammoth. Uh, it's running around? Oh. No, no, no. Tucked away in the ice, frozen. And it's a, it's a great specimen. It's on display in one of their museums. But they were able to take some cells from it and basically using i think it was crispr using i think it was a mouse i think it was a mouse that they basically tried to revive and repair the dna so they took some cells from a mouse and inserted that's the what mammoth. their biggest fear is is mice well, <laughs> that's true they are gosh that's evil <laughs> that isn't that funny <laughs> uh but but what they were able to do is is see that the the dna activated and so they were really excited because the potential then shows that that DNA could could be part of a cell that replicates, and then what's the next step? But but they're, that mean that means they've already been doing it, right? Well, but come on! But what they found is I've that, seen those movies. <laughs> but what they found is that the uh, the DNA was still damaged enough that even the mouse cell couldn't really fill in those gaps and fix the DNA well enough. Mm. But it's just, again, it's in science, it's like one more step closer to understanding how to do something or reasons for or not to do something a certain way. 
so it you know to me that that's an interesting thing the interesting the baby is, yes. the baby mammoth was called they called it yuca i'm not sure why but they say that there's about a 10,000 year limitation because most of the dna that they can capture from these different animals deteriorates to a certain extent. So they think right around 10,000 years is kind of a limitation. Yucca is an exception because this mammoth, they think, is right around 28,000 years old, but the damage to the, the DNA was still, still too much. Mm. But, you know, depending on where it's preserved, I mean, yucca was frozen and frozen in time, essentially, and it still is, I mean, 28,000 years, that's a pretty long time, but still not able to really utilize that, that DNA. Do they, do, sorry, mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, do you know if they know, like, it's how I see it, it's missing links, right? Mm-hmm. It's missing, it's missing some, you know, some co- conductors to touch, to some let of, it all some activate. Of the, some of the genes are kind of missing. So, so, so in order for it, to you know, they got to put these in for it mm-hmm. to plug in and yeah. be turned on, if you will. So, and you, I thought you touched on like they could kind of, sort of, maybe it's through this CRISPR, but mm-hmm. determine what these things do. So, can they determine like, okay, we could we can make a snuffleupagus, but it's not going to have a, it's not going to have one of those noses, man. Mm-hmm. Sorry, <laughs> it's going to ha- it's going to end up with a, a mouse nose. <laughs> but but you know, like like can they determine like, oh no, this is this is a major part of this thing. It's going to have t- no feet. Yeah, <laughs> it's going it's so big it's going to break through the ice and just sink. You know, the well, yeah. So there's one of the things about it is the no hair they, or they, something. They have to they have to sequence the genome of that of that animal in order to know what genes are missing. But and, they can find out. And the, it, exactly. And so they, they can figure out, well, what genes do which thing, so they can identify that in that sequencing and process. Go, oh, wait, man, just throwing it out there, maybe silly, but regardless, mm-hmm. to make my point, if you will. So go, okay, man, we have it all together, but man, this is not going to be a woolly mammoth. It's just going to be a hairless mammoth, no hair. Yeah. So okay. they go, okay, well, what's the hairiest son, you know, I don't know. I know a bear's got to be, you know, let's just say, all right, well, we have a bear with a big old pelt on it, you know, Mm -hmm. or elk or something. Let's mix that in with it, you know, Mm -hmm. and see, you know, if that could replace the hair issue because you can't have a bald mammoth. That wouldn't look right. Well, there are, I don't know enough about DNA and how genes would interact because there's so many, there's so many genes in DNA and they, some of them are not active and are not expressed when the animal is alive. And so, you know, they don't always know which genes are going to be expressed in an animal that they try and bring back. One of the things that they're trying to do is they want to take the mammoth DNA and basically combine it with the, which is it, the Asian elephant. So they've sequenced the DNA of both of those of those animals, but there's 1.4 million genes that are different. Hmm. So they have to figure out which ones, and that's a lot of genes to figure out. That's not even a yeah yeah, and a few could be. And huge. these are of and that's you know these are like cousins or something. So they're of you know a similar species, right? Right. 
Wow, mm-hmm. that's some work. It's some work, but I don't it know what, what's worse, you know, somebody doing the putting together the fiber optic cable like this big, <laughs> matching them all up, <laughs> or that. I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't take either one of those. It's a very fascinating topic to me. There's so many details that I don't understand. I will tell you, but... it does fascinate me too. And, and, ah, oh gosh, I, I probably couldn't, I couldn't lie and say if they did make one, mm-hmm. that I wouldn't want to have to go want to go see it. Yeah. I mean, if they already fucked it up, whoops, if they, <laughs> <laughs> cut that, if they already did it, I wouldn't, I would, would be drawn to want to go see it for sure. Mm-hmm. But, I would rather not be drawn to go see it. I'd rather it not exist. I'd rather not. Mm-hmm. Again, if they have all that cool technology, wh- whatever those, that, I'm just making this up, five five crew or 17-man crew or 100 crew of people that are working on bringing back extinct mm-hmm. animals. Again, I don't know why or their purpose yeah. yet, mm-hmm. um, but put them on something else, put them on cancer, put them on a difference next year. But I think that there are, there are, and the thing is, is in science, there's so many different people working on so many different things. This is just one of many. People are already working on cancer and, and they're Still, using this thing. But, but they're not, not a breakthrough. Those people could be the breakthrough. Potentially, but the breakthrough in this process might actually then lend to a breakthrough in another. See this because that see, happens feel, all the time. I feel that that this this other stuff is that they're doing this stuff, which is creating breakthroughs <laughs> for bringing back extinct things. You know, in other words, taking off people from the majority. Gosh, that is yeah. a cute little elephant. <laughs> but I, but the thing is, is that in science, when there's a discovery, other scientists in other fields can see that. And that often will open up doors in the field that they're already working in because yeah. of that well, dis- discovery. But well, but to be th- fair, I, 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 I could do without all of that. Well, sure. <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not in, in science. I'm fascinated by it. But yeah, I, I'm sure that the people who are working on these things would differ from our opinion. Yeah. Uh, but you, the point that you made earlier about, you know, what would be the purpose? What would we do with yeah, a mammoth? I'm curious. And, and I look at it from a few different perspectives. One is a zoo where you've got a species that come, that they bring back and that's something that people can, can watch. They can study scientists because then study some of its behaviors, at least in captivity or I'm not a fan of or, zoos either. <laughs> or, Oh, I'm not either, to be honest. I, so I, I enjoy... hate to bring something back to captivate it. Well, exactly. So yeah. I, I mean, but, the, the, there was a whale that killed itself recently. So, so my, and I agree with with you here, but my thought is, in that environment, there's a lot that you can learn about an animal when it is in captivity. One of the issues that they were talking about, well, what happens if we bring back a mammoth, which we didn't know a lot about when it was a- around? All we can do is study the remains. How did that animal respond to other things? Like, did it have issues with its joints? Did it have issues with... I, I think that's neat, but for me... I just don't, I just don't, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but... but Here's my point, though. Who cares? Here's my point, though. What about in terms of how does it fight disease? How does it, what happens when a mammoth experiences uh, some sort of virus? Mm -hmm. You know, there's stuff to learn from that particular animal in that particular way. So that's, so that's... And it's, but it's not even 100%. So, yeah, so let's compartmentalize. What we can learn from an animal that is no longer here, if it were actually here right now, the things that we could learn about 
uh, it and the understanding of what it could have been when it was alive. But so that's one. It's natural hab- habitat, not, yeah. not, not in a. Potentially, yeah. So we'll compartmentalize that one. Now, what happens if you were to set it free into nature? That's the other, because then there's all these potentially unintended more, consequences. More negatives than. You talk about what, what, would it, what would it eat? You know, and you're talking about it farting. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> right? there's going to be major activity where there used to not be. Yeah. But in that environment, I always look at it from the perspective of when some species moves in, it's going to have an impact. We don't necessarily know in some cases, like we were talking about the invasive species of, of fish coming in or whatever. But if we were creating these animals and then introducing, reintroducing them into the wild, then there's going to be a whole bunch of unintended consequences. Absolutely. And, and because you could, it could now make another animal extinct. That's exactly what and, I'm trying to get to. Right. So I know I'm taking a long time to get to it, but... Well, you're talking to me, so I appreciate it. <laughs> you but these are the thoughts the that thoughts. I have, that if, if we have a new species that, that comes in when that one is extinct, and it has some sort of benefit to the environment, well, if we reintroduce the old species, what happens to that environment? Just because we want to, we feel guilty and we want to put it back into nature doesn't mean that it's going to have some positive impact because it might have, we might have just turned the table for another opportunity for a new species to develop. So there's all these unintended consequences. So what do we do? Well, leave stuff (laughs) alone. alone. I'll get back to my main Mm -hmm. argument. Mm -hmm. I already know they got people working on it. I don't care. That part of me saying that they could be working on the good stuff too. That's like the, like 2% of my whole argument. That's just a, another thing to Mm -hmm. ingredient to throw in just to, as a good, it's a good reason, but it may not be the reason, but, um, I, I just think that, there, that there's there's it's to do something like that, you know, dang well, it's cost millions. Oh sure, you know, <laughs> yeah. and so there's a company who just got the fifteen, I think it was a fifteen million dollar grant to work on this mammoth issue. Right, and you know, why are we going to literally right now as we speak? You know, with everything that our country is going through, and I know that this is you know, probably, you know, multiple countries working together on this, I imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, scientists from all over the place. That's right. Uh, do we not have a pandemic? I mean, should we be worrying about it or not? I mean, my, how about this? I'm all on board checking stuff out, but right now because of the world mm-hmm. is ruining my life. Yeah. And no, no right now. <laughs> and don't bring anything back. Yeah. I mean, I get. I, I miss, and I, I, I again, I, I, I love animals, and there's a lot of other animals other than the mammoth um, that that they're that that they're wanting to bring back. Yeah, potentially but, other but, like birds, but just not even not even to debate to be debating whether it's a good idea or not because that goes both ways. I could see a couple positives but they're all selfish if i think about it you know i want to go see it that's the only reason why i think it would be good yeah. but 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 i'm i'm so curious not even again to debate it but they're understanding the positives of it like you sure you're going to research a bit 
can there be something else other than that? Researching something back in the day, I get it. You could maybe get something from it, but but is there for the care of the animal, is there a positive purpose for it to be here? Because if there isn't a care for the animal it being here, then why are we doing it? Yeah. Well, yeah, you have ethical don't, concerns about it. Don't bring it. back the dodo because you want it to be a lab rat. Are you going to bring it back because it's missing out on a fantastic life and it can benefit a region? Uh, it could use a dodo in this region. I think uh, the rats actually killed the dodos. Is that right? I, yeah. I think the Rats destroy the eggs of the dodos. Is that they, what it was? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that. But, but you know, that's, you know. Well, I, I look at it as as I love science. I want science to move forward and discover new things and figure stuff out. I think the more that we understand about the world, the better. But I am also concerned about those ethical questions that, that you're bringing up because I don't think that we always have a plan for the consequences. And I think moving forward, you got to have a a, a balance between those things and the discoveries that will be in the future. You've probably seen a movie and I'm going to make something up because I have not been in any of these board meetings and any of these facilities or anything (laughs) like that. Mm -hmm. But I imagine in a table, 15 people around the board and everybody's on board of doing, because every technology that we have that is created to do amazing things and does do amazing things. Let's say that this does amazing things as well. But let's just say that there's there's one out of the 15 that goes, you know, but if I could do this, like somebody could use it for something bad. Oh, yeah. And, and, and so it's, and it, it usually means that, and then by the time that this technology is working awesome, what it was made for is only doing just a little bit mm-hmm. and then it's all used for evil, you know? And so it's just a bummer that, that we can never just, we could strain out the bad things of all technology from our cell phones to yeah. this. But, but if we stop doing all these things, then discovery goes away. We, we no longer, we, things become static. You know, we, we kind of need to keep pushing and understanding. I think the more that we understand, the better. It's just, what are we doing in the in the in the process that might have the consequences that, that could be damaging? Right. But and but to again, be honest, we we learn a lot from failure. Right. And um, like again, we got enough problems, man. We don't need to be yeah. making something to go. Oops, we failed. Uh, shouldn't have done that. You know, yeah. you don't know the the dire consequences. Right. But again, if we had the reasons real why, like we could be talking about, yeah, well, maybe. they're only going to be in a zoo or. Nope, we're going to make as many as we can release them because, <laughs> yeah. Well, be... yeah. I mean, imagine if if we had a species of of uh, honeybee that is really quite necessary in order to pollinate and for plant life to grow, and that species of of uh, honeybee died because of some fungus, and right. we'd be screwed in many ways. Now, other who knows what other species might step into that void, but that might be one of those areas that. If we had the technology yeah. to do it to bring it back, and I guess and and to bring it back in such a way that it would be resistant to that particular fungus, true. And and that's the thing is is I don't know. And yeah, and, yeah, and, and yeah. let's let's just say if the woolly mammoth goes out there and I don't know uh, ends up uh, making the I don't know what's out there. 
I don't know. I don't even know what the tundra. heck it eats. But uh, <laughs> let's just say, uh, or there, there's seals and stuff out there, right? Mm-hmm. For let's just say, for some reason, it ruined, kills out all the seals because I'm just making it up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, then they're, what are they going to do? Well, let's try to bring back the seals. So they bring it back, <laughs> but it doesn't come back as 100 percent either. Yeah, you know, because they got to fill in the voids with something else. <laughs> so we're never bringing back it's the 100 percent. And when they're sitting there doing science technology, they're doing it on a, a rat mam- mammoth. They're not doing it on a mammoth. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, we're we're constantly chasing the void. <laughs> yeah. but, What's that, Ethan? There was a thing for mammoths that. Uh, uh, they would do like a selective breeding to where it would be almost a pure mammoth eventually. Well, not pure, but yeah, as pure as they. It would be that back. Well, right. I I totally I yeah. totally understand that. Yeah. I know what ninety nine point nine percent gets you. <laughs> Some people pregnant. So I'm just saying that that. Uh, and, and the, this is kind of what I said near the beginning is mm-hmm. the point when when you do these things, and I say microscopic, but I mean. We're already talking about microscopic, so mm. bear with me. But the smallest adjustment can be huge, mm-hmm. and and yeah, sure, it's interesting. But it it, it 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 to me, as long as I lived on this planet, it seems like it's never worth. And it might be great, but the the negative always seems to outweigh the good. Mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting for sure to see what comes of it because I will probably want to go see it if they make one. <laughs> they better not, though. <laughs> yeah, they probably will because we're not in charge. But well, I, I would join I, you. I would want to go see it. Well, I, like, 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 like also in the movies, what happens is, is this is where we're at. This is all coming out and all this stuff. That means they already have one in... The, in they already have one there, but they have to wait on this other test before they could bring it out in the open. Mm-hmm. But there's one person that wants to push it out in the open. Yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah. it's so, interesting. So I have a question for you guys real quick. What about bringing back a sapien species like the Neanderthals? Well, I don't think that we have any DNA that's young enough to bring back, but that would be... Um, and It'd be it, another it's, why. It's, it's It's hard because if you think about it, you know, the Neanderthals were bred out from what they can see because there are humans out there, um, homo sapiens, who actually have this, the same, uh, some, some DNA. DNA in them? In them, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we could get DNA tests now. Um, they've, yeah. they've sequenced the human genome, so they know there's a lot of genes in there and they can identify from other species. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, we are running out of time. Well... Shall we wrap it up? I think we could. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll and do that. Let's talk about some dodos. <laughs> uh, I those are, it's a fascinating. Story. It is. It is. <clears throat> it is. I'm 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 old fashioned, so I always have to hold on to mm-hmm. to what we have left. I guess mm-hmm. and not mess with it. Yeah. But well, thanks again for listening. Uh, tell a friend. Tell them about the show. Let them know we're doing the podcast. We'd love to grow the audience. You can find us online at. NeverTooSerious.com. You can find some merch on there. Click on the link and find some branded stuff. We would appreciate that as well. Until we see you next time, take care. And be safe.